By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. The Lenten pilgrimage begins uh, on Ash Wednesday with the sprinkling or the smudging of ashes at the liturgy. Ashes are the leftovers of something that has been consumed, the leftovers of a burning flame, that when something has been burned up, ashes are what remain. So biblically, ashes would be the, the leftovers from perhaps a sacrificial offering, but there also were ashes after cities were destroyed and burned to the ground. And so ashes represent that which is left over, especially um, in atonement for sin or as a fruit of uh, a sign of the destruction that came about because of sin. The smudging or the wiping in the, typically the form of the cross is the choice to let ourselves be visibly marked by a sign of sorrow, by a sign of lamentation, by a sign of weeping. There are a couple of very loaded scenes in the scriptures where when someone is suffering tremendously and a suffering that's understood to be the fruit of sin, that person would sit down in the ashes. They would tear their garments as a sign of a contrition and wailing, and they would sprinkle ashes upon their heads so that everybody knew they were mourning. And so, yes, as I said earlier in the first video, it's a heavy season, it's a season of mourning, of weeping, because we actually wanna let the world know that we are acknowledging that things are not as they ought to be. Sometimes we fall into this sugarcoating and rose-colored lens mindset in which we say everything's hunky-dory, things are gonna be fine, isn't life great? And life is certainly quite great, but life is also full of grave disorder. Our world is, is torn, shredded to pieces in many parts uh, by, by terrible abject poverty, by war, by massive divisions that are not the sign of God. And so to be able to, as a people, as a church, as believers, proclaim externally, visibly, the, the grief, the weeping, the lamentation, that things are not as they ought to be. We protest the created order's dysfunction, that we proclaim the fact that our world has fallen and is continuing to fall further. And we announce that we have been a part of that fall and we wish to step out of that. We wish to end our contribution to the perpetuation of sin. We wish to turn away from all of the ways that we have caused the sorrow, the disorder, the corruption of the created order, we wish to return, to return to the Lord and to bring with us the whole created order, that his grace would have its full effect and that we would be sharers in his work of bringing all things back into one. If we mean it, what we do when we receive those ashes is say, I am not here forever. Unto dust, I shall return. I wish to ensure that I am not a contributor to the further perpetuation of the world's disorders. Instead, I wish to renounce those disorders in my own heart, my own life. I wish to come out of agreement with the fallen patterns that mark my own story. And by so doing, I wish to participate in God's sanctifying and restorative grace to bring all things back into one. Ash Wednesday is loaded up with meaning. The ashes themselves filled with a statement not just about our belief, but of our, about our belief that things cannot continue as they are in my life, in your life, and in the lives of the whole human family. Because if we continue in this way, then fallenness, brokenness, and disorder will indeed reign. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. 
Every year on the first liturgy of Lent, Ash Wednesday, the first reading comes from the same place, from the prophet Joel. It's chapter two, when through the prophet, the Lord speaks to all of Israel. And the prophet Joel says this, even now, return to me. Return to me with your whole heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord. It's this stunning banner that is meant to sit over the entire season to remind us on the first day and in a fashion that we should revisit all throughout. But the point and purpose of this season is to return, to return to the Lord and to do so in a fashion that is relatively demanding. That the return to the Lord entails a certain lamentation, a certain mourning, a certain weeping. See, the wisdom of coming back to Lent year after year after year is the fact that we just tend to wander away from God year after year after year. We might even say we tend to wander away from God day after day after day. That the work of repentance is just that work of recognizing that there's been a lot that has come between us and that's keeping us at a distance, at a space from the Lord. Ultimately, a distance and a space that are dissatisfying to us because they don't cohere with, they don't match the structure of our very being. See, we were made by God who is love, right? The Holy Trinity, a communion of love. Where there is sin in our lives, where there is a wandering off from God, there's just a, a gap, a space, a, a distance, a division. And division from God, separation from God, just means that we're trying to live on our own, that we're, we're wandering around, trying to make a way for ourselves, so often in places where it can feel like there is no way. After a time, once we begin to starve, once things dry up, once we realize it's, it's just not possible for us to do this on our own, we give up. And in the giving up, we call out and we say, you know what, Lord, I repent of all of the things that I've done, the ways that I tried to live on my own, the ways that I lived outside of what you revealed to me to be the best and the only way, the ways that I've chosen myself over you or others over you. Ash Wednesday stands as that first moment to recognize that the work of returning is gonna be a demanding work. It's gonna be a difficult work. It's gonna require something of us. What's it gonna require but, but examining the year, examining our lives, examining our hearts. But even as the seculars, the Greeks would say, the unexamined life is not worth living. We have to examine our lives. And as we do that, we find things that maybe we don't like, things that we might wish were different. But in the finding, What's coming to the surface actually is the set of practices, activities, and acts that have made our lives unlike God and unlike the plan that he's revealed to us. So ultimately, the work of examining our lives is a movement toward repentance. The work of repentance is a movement toward renunciation and rejection of those things that have come between us that thus facilitates us then to come back into communion.